0: Hello and welcome back to Future Prairie Radio, where marginalized artists explore the future through the lens of the arts, humanities, and culture. I'm your host, Joni Whitworth, and this is Season 5, Episode 3, For Nourishment, with Colleen Laverdi. Colleen is a powerful, generous dancer I knew I had to interview the first time I saw her perform. She's a graduate of Point Park University, where she earned her BFA in Jazz and Modern Dance After university, she danced with Patrick O'Brien Dance Collective in New York City and Northwest Dance Project in Oregon. She currently dances with Open Space, Post Ballet, and Sean Keylock Company. When she's teaching, her classes emphasize awareness of alignment, focus, and expansion of the body's expression. She also volunteers with Dance Artists National Collective to cultivate more equitable working conditions within the dance industry. I'd like to introduce her episode with two quotes. This first one is from historian Will Durant discussing the philosophy of Henry Bergson. The persistently creative life, of which every individual and every species is an experiment, is what we mean by God. God and life are one, overcoming inertia painfully, step by step, not omniscient, but groping gradually towards knowledge and consciousness and more light, unceasing life, action, and freedom. Creation so conceived is when we consciously choose our actions and plot our lives. And this next quote is from Schopenhauer's objectification of the will. The act of will and the movement of the body are not two different things. They are one and the same, but they are given in entirely different ways, immediately and again in perception. The action of the body is nothing but the act of the will objectified. And this is true of every movement of the body. The whole body is nothing but objectified will. The parts of the body must therefore completely correspond to the principal desires through which the will manifests itself. They must be the visible expression of these desires. I hope after listening to this interview, you check out some of Colleen's videos online so you can get a sense of her exquisite movement. Here's Colleen.
1: My name is colleen laverde i am a dancer choreographer originally from northwest suburbs of chicago living in portland oregon right now i am a overall curious energetic person i am a big questioner i'd say that's probably the biggest thing about me that carries over into all threads of my life. From a very, very young age, I've always questioned the norms and standards of things and have always thought about different ways of doing things and in my own development, I've gone through various transitions of points where that has been a useful thing for me and points where I've kind of turned that around on myself and almost used it against myself. I have suffered from anxiety. There's a large history of mental health, anxiety, depression stuff within my family, also within a lot of people I love. So I feel like I'm experiencing it or around it all the time. And I know for me that has manifested in this way of by the time I got into like my teen years, I got so questioning of everything I did. I would punish myself or never think that I was enough. There was this kind of like, paranoid, perfectionist nature about me Mm -hmm. (laughs) for a really long time. For example, when I was a teenager, finally deciding like, I'm going to go be a dancer, I'm going to do this thing. I felt this very clear sense of this is what I'm going to do. There was no question about it. But at the same time, every single time I got off stage, regardless of how I did internally, externally, whatever, it would never feel like good enough. I would be upset, I would never like allow myself (laughs) to feel proud. It was a kind of a very rare thing for me and that habit of mine has made me push myself to points where I feel like I need to do more and more and more and it's never enough and I've broken down a lot, like I've burnt out or gotten injured and there have been Various times where I've learned a little bit more along the way <laughs> about how, like, how not to do that, how being kinder to myself is ultimately the better way that I can do a little bit less. To be honest, I feel like in these past few pandemic years, I was at this really good dance job. Secure, well paying for the industry, good reputation externally checked all those kinds of boxes. No regrets, this was my dream job, but there were some issues. The pandemic hit, those issues were kind of exacerbated and came a little bit more to the forefront since we were all at home and really thinking about things. Without getting into too many details, things happened, decided to leave. And if I'm being honest, if the pandemic hadn't happened and I hadn't gotten that time to step outside and really thinking about, oh, how am I actually caring for myself? How is this actually good for me as a whole human? Not just as, you know, this quote unquote successful professional dancer, but successful, whole, happy, joyful human that feels like I'm growing into myself and not necessarily what I think I should be. So I say that to say, I left that. To be honest, there were a lot of good things about it. Some of my favorite people, all the dancers I worked with and met, loved them. A lot of choreographers I met, loved them. I was getting good opportunities. I was the youngest on the company and getting featured, so to speak. It was great, it felt good. And then at the same time, some of the ways things were from the top down communicated or structured, from the top down really made to feel like we're not enough or we're not. Fully human. Honestly, there's pros and cons to it. I don't think it was all bad, but I have a lot more agency to get in touch with that I didn't really allow myself to have there. Even finally speaking up and talking about the issues that I'd had, because honestly, I was like the youngest I'm not like I don't have a lot of pull here and you know if anyone I kind of went along with the collective as we confronted some things but it took so much within me to just like as an individual come forth and share my feelings because I was I was afraid I was afraid what they might do or what it might do to my career things weren't so great from the top down but that kind of began a journey of me being like, oh right, I gotta like assert myself. I'll call myself freelance dancer, choreographer at the moment. I love dance and it's very much My first medium. Sometimes in the dance world that I was in previously, I had felt that I can only be one thing or should only be one thing, but I'm starting to tap into those other interests of mine artistically, and I will have them feed into my art. I love comedy. I've started writing some stand up. I've enjoyed comedy for a really long time. I found the way that comedians work has been most inspiring to me. Going out, trial and error, doing the thing in front of people and bombing instead of creating this special little thing within an enclosed space that no one could ever see until the end. And then the culture of presenting it is a lot more, um, buttoned up. (laughs) You're supposed to like feel all the things. I mean, that's the funny thing about it for me. There's such a physical reaction there. The laughter, the energy that's present in the room. And on the flip side, I know that's what dance at its truest form can also be. Not necessarily the audience having like, they can laugh, you know, it depends on what the work is, but for that sort of energetic exchange to be really felt anyone who has just like seen me move in a space even without the dance i know i'm like a very athletically inclined person there's like a lot of like power within my body but the core of where the truest movement comes from from me is from a very like spiritual emotional place i think everything is connected i think like the physical the emotional the mental the spiritual experiencing things in those ways don't exist within a vacuum. If I'm doing something physically, there's emotion, there's mentality, there's spirit. I think a lot of my evolution of movement has been from a very mental place. I I would almost say it's 90% mental, (laughs) emotional for me. What I am doing and what I am trying to do is access some sort of experience or have some sort of communion with energies rather than me doing the thing. There's a lot to be felt in a big space. I I have loved dancing in like giant proscenium settings with huge audiences. I I feel like I'm doing my best work when I'm in an intimate setting because, I mean, I'll take this back to the comedy thing. I've seen comedy shows in like comedy cellar, tight little spaces, you're in a basement, you're like so close to each other. All of the things that you're feeling can be felt back and forth. When I go on stage, especially in those kinds of settings, it's like, yeah, who's in front of me? What am I feeling from the people right now? What am I feeling within myself? And then there's also this like third source present, something coming through me. It, honestly, it's been a lot of allowing things to happen versus me doing the thing. Goddess or source or spirit or just oneness. I think going back to that idea that the physical, emotional, spiritual, mental is all connected, that all in turn connects everything else in this universe. Yeah, I like to keep it vague. I don't think my definition or experience of it is any more right than somebody else's. My hope is, in what I'm doing, that I can experience it in my way, but someone else can connect to that as well, and then they can give me feedback or tell me how something that I did moved them that I didn't even consciously think of at that moment. Truly my favorite way to dance like to be in like physical contact with another partner feels I don't want to say it's like easy but the the most uh there's the most like levity within me when I'm doing that there's something that happens between the two of us that needs to happen that becomes a whole different organism together as one but I think the greater thing that happens there is the one thing that we become. And in some ways that feels easier cause there's the tactility just like allows you to listen and be so present. And I think the audience at the same time, coming in on that, we're just like allowing them to be a part of the thing too. Oddly enough, when it is more intimate, I find I'm like more connected and more able to tune in and not exhausted, but like energized. I think I've gotten to a point where it's easy for me to gravitate towards the thing that feels nourishing. So when I'm moving on stage, it's not so much like, here, let me take everything in. It's not that I'm not taking it all in. I think there's a unity always present. It's not like I'm necessarily ignoring anything, but I think I have found a way to tap into the sensation that I know we're all here for. The reason I am dancing and moving is to kind of chase the fulfillment or the nourishment. So it's not necessarily easy. And I think with different pieces of work, there's completely different negotiations to go through depending on the intent of the work that you're doing. During the pandemic, I missed all the people, the connection, the bodies, the other humans to like do it with. That energy is the reason I do it in the first place. But finding that still exists when you don't necessarily have other bodies around, and then finding that same thing with the other bodies around and letting it feed me. I'll just like find myself crying, feeling the thing, not feeling self-conscious about that happening because that's what i'm there to do it's the first language of just humanity it's like the most primal thing that we can do with how our culture and society is structured and what is told to us to be valued we're just really not that in touch with our bodies as much as maybe we could be or like should be but we experience all the things in our bodies and that's like the funny (laughs) that's the funny thing about it all it's like wait, every single thing I do and feel and think is happening in my body. We're all craving to be heard from ourselves and sometimes the best way you could do that is like wiggle around, because it feels good. I mean, it's simple, but I hope me doing that can show others that they can, but that's the line I'm still trying to break through at this moment and thinking about a lot of doing what I do at such a quote unquote high caliber. You know, professional people, I think, sometimes put dancers on pedestals. We do work very hard and what we do is very impressive, but then at the same time, it's just like a very human thing. And I think it breaks my heart when I hear people being like, I can't dance, I'm not a dancer. I'm like, no, that's literally like, (laughs) that's the essence of being human dance is a form of poetry and poetry is a form of dance they're in slightly different forms but it's all connected i'm very much at the beginning of recognizing the intensity in the multitudes within me at this point i'm just trying to dig just trying to like excavate and to be honest to see what is still coming up as questions for myself because I'm sure they're questions for other people too. Especially with relation to sensuality and the body. People comment on my body a lot, which is fine. I have grown used to it. I think a lot of people, especially women experience that sort of thing. We all have our experience of people just like giving you unsolicited opinions about yourself and your appearance and your value or perceived value based on your body or the objectification of you even when there's not even like a malicious intent that that's like a, a tricky point where I think people sometimes try to like compliment and then I feel like my personhood was lost within that. A new friend of mine had seen me dance and gave me beautiful compliments about like the strength of my body but in relation to the capabilities that it had with the means of like how I could express my emotions you know i think so often i'll do a whole dance performance or something and someone'll just be like wow you're really strong which again this that's nothing like <laughs> bad about that or like i'll catch someone like ogling some part of my body and then you might be surprised at how More often than not, I will just get like a comment about the appearance of my body rather than like the energy of the thing that I did. A lot of times there's good intentions behind it and it it usually doesn't offend me or anything, but can I find a way choreographically to address the fact that we're kind of obsessed with the physical form over the quality that it can exude. This one friend said all those things and then he was like, and I really hope you don't feel disrespected by that. Like I, I, I'm i telling you too, like you are all very hot. I'm like gonna say that. And I and I gotta tell you, like I, I'm gonna say to you that you're hot and I feel conflicted about the fact that I'm like sexually attracted to you and also into your dancing. Yeah. And that's that strange, gray area that no one really seems to be addressing i think in america specifically especially of like wait i think it's fine and valid to see the sexuality and maybe be attracted to somebody but can you do that while also holding value for their whole humanhood and the art that they're bringing forth i, I have the, that privilege in that way i like fit some form of a like conventionally attractive dancer or like yeah. what a dancer might look like and i've seen and known so many incredible movement artists who are not valued in the same way because yeah. they don't fit a specific aesthetic to convey some sort of energy or energy exchange and connection not just to be this separately impressive unattainable thing. I feel like I'm not ever not around mental illness and with people very very close to me I've started observing others a lot and start starting to like write down first impressions or like first assumptions or i will sit and kind of write about what i think might be going on or what what i think these other people might be about or who they are and then almost always without fail if i get more context to those people i'll be like oh whoa, i missed a lot or i was wrong or i shouldn't ever assume (laughs) anything about anyone and we really like to label things and try to tie them up in a neat box or categorize things, which can be useful to try to move in a direction of health. But I'm, I'm trying to, in my past and in my present and in my future, see and know that there, there's always more to be learned about somebody. There's always more to be gained. You never have the full picture. You can never make assumptions. You can never think that you're done. Meditating might not necessarily be for everyone, but something I would recommend. I mean artists, but like every single person, be alone for a little bit or or like without distractions, listen to yourself. Think we're trying to do that all the time, but oftentimes we think we need to be doing something or there needs to be like a product coming out, but I've definitely gained the most from finally stopping thinking that I need to be doing something all the time and and take like dedicated time to just do nothing at all. Any idea that you have, something playful, something silly, something that you're like, ooh, that's something I might want to create. I think so many times, especially as serious artists, we can get like, I don't like that. Or like, that's not good enough for me to even execute. But just like, be willing to have bad ideas. Get it out. Do any of them because it's all a part of the process. And even if that idea doesn't turn into something you just getting out with that is going to lead you to something else have the bad ideas fail 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 be willing to mess up because you're not going to get a fully birthed (laughs) idea in one go i've been doing the artist's way for the past few weeks and one of the things we do is like morning pages so just like free writing three pages anything in the morning, not trying to make a thing, just like writing whatever comes to your brain, anything. And if if you have some inkling of something that can bring you joy, that you have a moment to do and that doesn't harm anybody, do it. It'll serve you. Play, <laughs> like play. I would say I've become proud of the little Mundane acts of love I'm finally giving to myself. (laughs) Truly, very new for me. Finally allowing myself to like play and feel joy since I was a kid. I'm proud of that because I also know and see it filling me. Those tiny little simple things that I kind of like knew I should do for myself or like knew that would just be like a silly little thing to bring me joy you know, swinging on a swing or something or like dipping my feet in the water, I'm like, oh, that fed me. (laughs) Like I have a lot more capacity and I'm not about to burn out. And I'll add one more thing to that is I'm like, I'm finally, finally, finally learning how to set boundaries. (laughs) I've said the yes to too many things for too, too long. And saying no has cleared a lot more room for the, the true self to emerge
0: thanks so much for listening this episode was sponsored by oregon humanities and the oregon community foundation written and produced by me joni whitworth and edited by ellie swope If you have any questions or feedback about the show, we're happy to hear it. Please feel free to reach out at any time at futureprairie.com or on social media at Future Prairie.